lives on tape. It lives on tape. Stop worrying. Another technological disaster. It lives. It lives. It lives. Look out! That slithering death is right on you! Alright everyone, welcome back to Ed Lives on Tape, a horror movie podcast full of fun and fear. I'm here, my name is Torko, I'm here with Tanner as well, how are you going today? G'day, hey, good thanks Torko, how are you? I'm super good, feels like it's been a little while, but um, we've had some life stuff going on and we're going to finish off the That's year right. with a couple of really big episodes I reckon. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been it's been a bit of a, a down period. Um, yeah, a lot of big, heavy things going on in the in the background. Like good, good heavy things. Yeah, life like life stuff. Heavy in the negative sense. Yeah. yeah. The end of the year, we're doing some life stuff. We're moving places. Both of us are moving places at the moment. That's so right. <laughs> everything's come together at once, but we're going to finish off the, like the worst timing, <laughs> yeah. but we've been, we've been pacing out our episodes to keep you guys in the dark so that the content never stops. And, um, that's right. We're going to finish off the year with two big episodes. And today's is a very special one about a particular movie. When evil lurks. Yes. When Evil Lurks. Yes. Film that came out this year, um, late this year actually, uh, by director and writer Demian Regner. Uh, he's a an Argentinian uh, director. Um, he's done films like, uh, well, the, the only other film that I've seen by him, and I watched it after When Evil Lurks, um, was Terrified, uh, which is... Um, yeah, really good, R really good. Oh, cool. So from that sample size of two, I really enjoy this character. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I haven't seen Terrified, but I I need to now after When Evil Lurks because I mean this is one of the top releases of the year. It was so good, and I heard a lot of people talking about it, going into it like within the horror community, before watching mm. it. And yeah, this guy's he's really got a style to him, and I got to say I really like the name demian as well it's a really cool name and i yeah i didn't realize yeah, as well is. one of the main actors in it is also demian but it's a different demian i realized i thought it was yes. i thought it was the director for like a good portion of during my research for the movie and i realized it wasn't yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the guy who plays uh jimmy um, jimmy the mm. i guess the younger brother of the two brothers in this movie i mean he's also in terrified um oh, cool. funnily enough so yeah um hey, how does yeah is terrified is great i highly recommend it is this similar kind of very good. stylistically i guess you could see that it comes from the same person yeah yeah definitely um and it's also the subject matter is quite similar cool. um uh we can we can get into it a bit further once we yeah. <laughs> once we uh uh describe when evil lurks um so 
if you're wondering what it's about, it's about these two brothers. They're living out on on a farm or some rural, rural property, um, and they unwittingly, despite their their best intentions, sort of kick off a an apocalypse scenario uh, with demonic possessions. Um, so it's a a demonic possession apocalypse film. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of about you know what happens when you don't have access to an exorcist or there's no church to help you with your demonic possession uh or yeah what happens when it's left to to the government uh, to deal with these sorts of things yeah they're stuck out in the rural areas of uh, argentina right i imagine so in the movie yeah yeah and so yeah. they're left to their own devices to take care of this uh, fermenting and impending apocalyptic scenario that's unfolding before them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen it, we're going to be we're going to be speaking in a very spoiler open way. Yeah, there will be things that will be ruined. So if you've got any interest in watching it, pause this, watch it, come back. Uh, we'll we'll welcome you back to this episode with open arms yeah we uh, highly... if you've got no interest in watching it because it is quite gory and brutal and gross um then let us guide you <laughs> through guide you through the movie yeah it was on a lot of people's lists for like the scariest movie or you know the different lists like that for this year and i can see why yeah and um oh so good though such a good movie you have to go and watch it yourself if you i mean yeah you're right if you're not into the gory sort of stuff then let us describe it to you but if you are you got to go watch it yourself it's an amazing story an amazing movie that we're gonna yeah talk to yeah. you about it's definitely when whenever people have asked me uh in the last couple of months what horror movies they should be watching this year this is up there as as one of them uh, for sure yeah it's, it's uh, really original feeling. it's kind of become my barbarian for this year nice <laughs> I, I feel yeah <laughs> yeah i really like the originality yeah. of it i gotta say what have what have people said about it well mm. you know we've kind of just alluded to that it's it's brutal um a lot of people have said it's unpredictable like when i'm reading reviews it slingshots you all over the place I actually kind of disagree. I feel like a lot of the horror and terror that it that it builds is because you can predict what's going to happen yeah. and you sort of think, oh, surely, surely they're not going to do this. Like surely the director isn't going to do what I think they're going to do here. Yeah. And then they do. <laughs> yeah, they won't go that far, will they? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's really that. It's like, yeah, uh, I, uh, surely not. Surely, <laughs> surely that's out of bounds. No, no, it's not. Yeah, it's absolutely not. <laughs> there are some like highly unpredictable parts of it. I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll agree. Yeah, um, I think the aspect uh, of it yeah. for me was that you're really thrown into and we'll talk upon this more but you're thrown into the movie and into a whole world that already exists and there's already a narrative around it that you're suddenly having to yeah. figure out which is kind of was the mystery for me 
getting into the start of the movie in particular. Right, and let's talk about that now. Like the the strong mm. world building. It's such a rich world that it's taking place in. Yeah. And it does, it feels like we're stepping in sort of midway through mm -hmm. a story. Yeah. You know, it's not an origin story for an apocalypse. It's not, we're not catching the, the characters are sort of clueless in, in a way that, that, you know, one would be clueless about, about the state of climate change. You know, you can be living like with the effects of it, but not know sort of what the rules are around it or like in, in a law sense or, um, or, you know, the, the specifics of things or certain events that have happened around the world. You're just kind of mm. living through it. Yeah. It, um, it adds to the aesthetic of how they're out in this rural country area and they speak in the movie about how they've tried to escape from this, uh, you know, apocalyptic problem that seems to be happening more in the cities. They keep saying, it's like, oh, this yeah. surely it's not yeah. going to happen here. I mean, you know, we're so far away from the city. And um, yeah, it took me a little while to realize what was going on at first. I was like, they were using these words and stuff that obviously had a meaning within this world, like cleaners mm -hmm. and things like that. And I was like, what the hell are they going uh -huh. on about? And then you, once you're thrown into the middle of it, you quickly adapt and you realize, okay, they're telling this narrative from the middle of the narrative. And I guess I really like it when right. writers tell stories in that way. I don't like having everything just handed to me and like explained to me super yeah. easily. <laughs> so it was yeah. awesome. It's, um, I think we've talked about it before. It's the whole show don't tell. Um, it, this film does a lot of showing and not a lot of telling. Um, and I think like a lot of films don't give this to you they don't they they'll give you all the pieces and they'll show you how they connect um and it can be really infuriating to to watch a movie like that where you're kind of being treated like an idiot uh you know yeah. whereas i think a lot of audiences actually enjoy putting together um like feeling like they've figured it out themselves it's nice to feel a little bit lost. And like I said, there's a mystery aspect to it for me. Yeah. I, I felt like I was deciphering what was going on. And as the two main characters, uh, going about the start of the movie, they're also figuring out what's going on. There's like been a death, you know, nearby and they're talking to the families and stuff mm. like that. And you're along the yeah. ride with them, but even more clueless than they are, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Yeah. And what you were saying before about it, uh being like a city thing and uh you know oh surely it's not happening out here it kind of reminded me of like growing up in a in a country town uh, and you know things do take a while to like trends and like new technology and whatnot it does take a while to like get, get to to country towns mm. so i remember like growing up i had a cassette tape collection um you know, rather than CDs, yeah. um, you know, that I was getting at like garage sales and, and stuff like that. Or even like our local sanity was selling tapes up until, you know, we'll probably 
12 or 13 yeah actually and so. we were one of the last places i think to have a sanity as well before they all closed down right yeah so that's the other thing it's like yeah. physical media was still a thing like where we grew up uh mm. until you know not even that long ago which is just so, so wild and yeah. i remember like coming to coming to perth and like the tv channels were different you know the cartoons that you'd get were so different like even now i'll talk to i've talked to kids who grew up well kids adults well and truly now talk to people who grew up in perth uh at around the same time and you know they're talking about all these cartoons i don't know about the you know tv personalities they're talking about like fat cat uh saying good night to them at at seven o'clock the hell is that instead of duper dog oh what i didn't even know so i don't even know those differences i only know duper dog <laughs> that's right this is so niche yeah <laughs> so I everyone's just like realized. what the hell are you on about <laughs> what is going on but no, it's, it's totally yeah. true that you feel like you're disconnected from the world and the country and you are because news travels slow. Yeah. Things take some time to get to you. Mm. And it's, I, it seems like maybe a bit of a trivial or a, or a novel connection to, to what's happening in this movie, but I really sort of like feel that when I'm watching this movie, that rural metro divide. And I think in WA, uh, like Western Australia, especially like we see that because our rural areas can be like very remote, you know, the distance, the physical distance is, is so great here between Perth, our, our city center and, and, uh, the, the more rural towns that I could almost like feel it happening here. Yeah. It's, it's really uh, similar when you put it in that way. Because I remember in the movie as well, um, the two brothers, they make a trip into, I don't know if it's the city or if it's just a larger town. And um, yeah. then everything happens a lot more quickly. Like things start to escalate. Yes. That's like the catalyst is going to the bigger town or city. And even uh, so, you know, when they're trying to transport the uh, the rotten that they find at the at the start of the film, you know, this decomposing but still alive demonically possessed guy uh who was living on on their neighbor's property um they're transporting him to like as far down the road as they can they can go and they end up traveling like 400 kilometers and i'm like yeah. oh i know yeah. like i know exactly how far down the road they've gone that's a long way yeah. to <laughs> like to not hit any other town like that's i know um like that level of remoteness is is like very i can relate to that yeah that's, that's something i can conceptualize a hundred percent i can feel it a lot especially now yeah. when we're describing it yeah it, it made a lot of sense to us <laughs> yeah and i definitely like so <laughs> to sort of to sort of scaffold this this conversation mm. to like to the film yeah that definitely the film does kick up a notch when they when they go uh to the town to like collect their families and their and their kids to you know shepherd them away from this impending doom that they're that they're witnessing and and it's oh it seems to like you said we're thrown into the middle of it we're trying to figure it out 
And up until that point, I remember all I deciphered was, okay, there's these rotten, like you mentioned, they seem to be possessed, not sure how at that point. So there's mm. the ordinary people that somehow became possessed by a demon and then they're, they swell, they physically swell and become rotten and mm. turgid. And there's a fear of when it gets to this climactic point, certain things have to occur like death and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. it, it spreads or something like that. So that's why they want to get them as mm -hmm. far away as possible from everyone else. And like you said, there's cleaners who I assume are more like the exorcist type of characters, but mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. just referenced there. There's none of them here <laughs> in this, you know, area. Yeah. there's no one. <laughs> and they have this bizarre, almost like old world mm. technology that they use to, to expel these demons. That's right. And it's like a, it's almost like a, like a maritime sextant um, <laughs> apparatus. It's all brass and it's like oh, a yeah. telescope with, uh, you know, so, all these connections. Yeah. It's almost like clarinet level type <laughs> precision that you have to put everything together. Very, it's, yeah. Very steampunk. <laughs> yeah it is very steampunk yeah yeah there's all this this law you're right that's being that's sort of drip fed to us yeah so they're all panicking as soon as things they start realizing what the scenario is because it obviously hasn't really happened in a small town like theirs before and they're like no surely yeah. it's not this but they start taking precautions and then like yeah. i said the panic sets in the brothers want to go into the city or the bigger town to go and save the older brother's family, you know, his kids mm -hmm. and his divorced wife, we assume. Yes. And he, he almost pushes his way into their home yeah. <laughs> despite his ex-wife's partner, um, trying to, trying to stop him. And he, he starts stripping down Yeah, because he has to burn his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because they've they've touched the uh, the rotten. Yeah, there's all these precautions that they need to take, and so he's stripping off naked in the middle of their house, and he's like, "Quick, everyone, pack your things. We need to go." And they're just like, "What the hell are you doing here? You, yeah, you're off your meds, you know, saying just vile yeah. things to him because they think he's acting out of control." She kind of is, right? Yeah, the, but like, how do you how do you describe anything that that you've seen up to that point? Mm to to anyone and not have them think that you're crazy you know it's yeah. kind of like uh how we were talking about that with smile how the way that people uh treat Cersei bacon's character is probably how you treat someone who is you know being haunted or, or possessed you know you think that yeah. they're having a a mental break or an episode yeah especially because none of these people seem to be particularly familiar with this uh i forget what they call it but you know this scenario that someone needing to be cleaned and the rotten and stuff like that they all know mm. about it but it seems it's rare that any of them have actually come across it themselves people are constantly asking each other oh have you ever seen one before yeah Nope. Uh, or do you know anyone who's seen one? And it's like, no, not, no, of course not. Not in years. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that sort of thing. But Argentinian instead of South yeah, America. I was going to say, yeah. I don't think that's an Argentinian accent. South of the USA. 
<laughs> Down in sweet little Alabama, we ain't seen nothing. <laughs> it's so interesting, this world that feels like it's existed for, for a long time. You know, even like the rules that, yeah. uh, that are established. Let's get into the rules. You know, uh, about after maybe, maybe the first act of the movie, you know, well into the second act at this point, the the brothers have picked up their their elderly mother mm-hmm. and the older brother's two sons and the mother doesn't really know what's going on she hasn't been told and she sort of finds out on the road trip what's transpired yeah uh, it's actually quite funny <laughs> yeah. uh, when they pick her up yeah and she's like oh you've got, got both the boys like yeah. how did you how did you persuade your ex-wife to to, <laughs> to let you have them for the day oh this is so lovely yeah. oh we're going to go get ice cream great oh yeah <laughs> they keep talking about ice cream she's just like yeah awesome we're going for a day trip this is gonna be so much fun there's like don't tell her yet yeah, don't tell heck her yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's get her out of here and then we'll tell her <laughs> Yeah, and they they tell her, and she's like, "Ah, oh, no, you're probably overreacting. Yeah. Like, surely not. I haven't heard of that happening in like so long. Mm. You know, it would almost be like, you know, very similar to now. Actually, you know, we're going through like another wave of COVID currently, and um, I remember like when when people were getting struck down with it like a, a month or so ago." people are like what really there's another wave of covid mm. like oh someone's taking covid leave like that's still a thing that's crazy um yeah so she's like i yeah like i don't think you've actually seen a rotten like you probably saw something that you don't understand and you <laughs> got you know you got scared um yeah and she seems to have a bit more knowledge about it because she's older even though she doesn't believe right. them she's uh she recites the rules to the kids as they're in the car traveling yes. together because the kids are curious of what's going on as this conversation's happening and the, yeah. the youngest keeps yeah. asking <laughs> he's like prodding and questions. she's like oh there's a song do you know the song yeah and she starts singing this nursery rhyme that sounds to the ear very like pleasant and like nursery mm. rhyme ish but it's like the words of it are like <laughs> Um, they're going to take over your body. They're going to kill your family <laughs> and everything you hold dear to you. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to bring the dead back. <laughs> it's going to be horrible. Uh, don't uh, you know? Don't let it happen, or you'll you'll regret it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's, it's essentially that. You got to teach the kids young <laughs> with the nice music, with the hidden messages that they'll understand when they're older. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's very much like ring a ring, ring around the rosy, but like hasn't been uh, abstracted to the point where it's like perhaps pleasant lyrics. It's like very much mm. uh, terrible. A lot, a lot more <laughs> blunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, kids. We actually need you to understand this. <laughs> yeah and it's funny because you know we get this sense that maybe this has been going on for a long time because that we're told there's seven rules and then we only hear six oh yeah um, from from the mother mm. um and uh i i can't even properly remember all six i think um don't use electronic lights is one of them 
um yeah don't shoot them with with guns like stay away from gunpowder yeah gunpowder in particular um, they mentioned yeah can you remember any others i think i've got them it was down. um don't call them by their name was one of them yes yes which is counter to what we know from other exorcism mm. films you know calling a demon by its name is supposed to be a way of expelling a demon um but in this world yeah we're not allowed to do that yeah it's like voldemort you can't say anything about this uh these demons. right <laughs> yeah that's, that's an interesting parallel <laughs> um don't use it did we say yeah, electronic lights yeah you're not supposed to use any electricity yeah. around them which is interesting that adds yep. into like the real rural feel of the movie it's like okay we're turning off all electricity well candle lights now we're already in the sticks right <laughs> yeah yeah it's cool yep. it's isolating that's i think probably a like a big part of the rules is that mm. they're easy to forget yeah and actually like demi and ragnar has talked about that in many he said like the whole point of the rules is that there's these limitations that are, are set and everyone knows them but they're so easy to break because people are impulsive you know they they act in the moment or you know with the electronic lights people are lazy you know it's such a convenience thing to like have the lights on be able to see what you're doing that you know it becomes like uh, surely it won't hurt yeah. you know to to leave the lights on um, they're just old fables these rules at this point because so many people you know haven't had this experience themselves right. they're like oh whatever you know people just being cautious in their day whatever and then all yeah when people are confronted by you know this uh this rotten and uh the repercussions of the mind tricks of the demon and stuff like that because i think that was one of the things they said is that through electricity and lights they can manipulate your mind more easily um mm. and so mm -hmm. when things start kicking off all anyone wants to do is shoot <laughs> shoot to kill as yes. like no you remember the yes. rules as though someone be like stop it for god's sakes and trying to hold them back. you want to kill us all why do you even have a gun yeah it's useless <laughs> where did you pull that from <laughs> yeah. but it's such a natural reaction to be like shoot the problem <laughs> yeah yeah the other thing is the demons they want to be killed yeah they're like they're constantly trying to appeal to like our humanity you know um uh at the start of the movie when the brothers find the dying guy uh you know the uh i hope this isn't insensitive but the flesh bag of pus oh um, i mean yeah if you see the it's... movie you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's horrible um he's just like please kill me um and you know how like yeah how can you not consider it yeah just um, want to put him out of his misery he's suffering right yeah but that's that's what it wants that's what this mm. this demon wants that's how they're released um, uh they describe yeah. yeah they want to be released yeah yeah and what you were saying about like these rules was like almost being fable like yeah um something interesting is with the rules they're never really they're never really 
talked about in a way that tells you why you shouldn't do these things mm. it's just like you shouldn't do you shouldn't kill them with with guns um yeah and it's why why not like it's it's not told to us why that's why killing them with guns is like a mechanism that that allows yeah. them to to jump or to become more powerful or anything like that <laughs> yeah. it's just don't do it uh trust trust us <laughs> it's a bad idea yeah and so i think that's that's a part of maybe why people have such a hard time following the rules mm. you don't know what the repercussions are or the reasons uh, or the impact of what you're doing the reason yeah yeah it's part of the mystery of the movie and uh ugh, i that's my favorite part of the whole thing is this world that they've created and throwing you into the middle of it and then just inciting yeah. panic halfway through the movie god i can't yeah we've already said it but it it's got to be one of my favorite movies for that aspect of it they did that so mm -hmm. well throughout it. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. The the smatterings of uh, of brutality throughout um, definitely help build mm. this this dread, or rather, the world building. I think helps build the dread for those those little those bits brutal. of brutality. God, yeah. There's a few that really stand out. One in particular is on like the movie poster for most of the movie posters mm -hmm. with the woman holding mm -hmm. the axe facing herself like that was such a moment <laughs> in the movie because you just yeah, yeah. I, so I should have seen it coming but i didn't quite see it coming because like you said it's like you don't no. you don't expect them to go that far and then they do what the director does you know oh and that's one of the rules don't be around animals um, yeah animals that's right uh yeah which kind of uh that the the specific scene that you're talking about um uh you know the the couple that live next door the brothers they they have a goat that's acting really weird yeah and they're like oh it's possessed and a spooky um, goat you know kind of classic yes, symbol of goat. demonic satanism and stuff you know the horned right. goat yeah and they're pointing at it they're like that's the goat that's the that's the weird goat yeah it's just sitting and there it's, like, it's not really doing anything it's a normal goat <laughs> it's just away from the herd of goats and just sort of looking at them through the fence like is this goat really yeah. gonna do something like what's going on <laughs> yeah and he shoots his gun and the other goats run away and he's left with this this one goat and uh oh. uh he shoots it uh because it, it oh. keeps stepping towards him it's like yeah shoot me shoot yeah. me uh, and oh man uh his wife is appealing to him like no look i'm pregnant like we're gonna be parents like we can't shoot this goat mm. um like it's not worth it um and he does it anyway and um immediately gets hit in the head with an axe yeah. from his from his wife and then she immediately kills herself and it's horrible it's so fast it's so hard to watch yeah and yeah it all happens like before you can look away it's it's uh, the way it builds up so slowly to get to that point and then everything mm -hmm. snaps as soon as he shoots the goat you can tell it's been unleashed the demon has been unleashed upon them 
Yes. And you don't see it. Yeah. Like you don't see it happen. They just change their behaviors in to, you know, self-harm and murderous. In, in a split second. Um, but like watching it, I'm not sure that yes. her killing him and herself was like the demon. I like, I'm wondering if it was uh, in an effort to stop it from spreading. Yep. Um, That's what I was going to say as well. It leaves it a little bit ambiguous, I think, on purpose. So you can't yeah. tell if she was like, no, seriously, don't do it. And then axes him. Or if the demon yep. just took hold that quickly. It's mysterious. Yeah. Or she didn't realize what she was doing. Like she was already being yeah. uh, influenced by by the demon to pick up the axe in the first place. It's um, so good. But at that point, the floodgates are open. It's uh, It's in full swing. You know, we know at that point that, yes, this is a demonic possession plague. Yeah that's that's happening um, and they're so scared like they know there's massive repercussions potentially because they've heard the stories yeah. but they're so scared so they can't help themselves they they need to do something so they always think to shoot because that you know usually ends a problem if you shoot something or someone <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> in a horrible way but <laughs> it's usually a full stop and uh, yeah that's maybe one of the things about this movie that makes me feel like it couldn't happen in australia because yeah. or maybe like, like rurally it's different because people do have guns but yeah it could you know, be like farm, a wolf creek type farm of, guns yeah. and whatnot <laughs> right the but, you know we typically we don't have access to to guns yeah. uh, readily um yeah so yeah maybe that's not our go-to with um with solving a problem <laughs> in a violent way it's probably like a two by four or something yeah or a, a star picket or something yeah. like that yeah get the uh, get the tennis racket <laughs> let's go right <laughs> shoe goat shoe or the random hockey stick yeah. uh, that you know that most of us have uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> to defend our homes <laughs> that's what we need we need an what australian some other version key... <laughs> right yeah what would the australian rule be there so <laughs> <laughs> yeah australia would be like ah she'll be right <laughs> there won't be any rules that yeah she'll be right <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you need to do you know yeah what, oh. whatever happens happens <laughs> too laid back <laughs> that's right <laughs> It'd probably be like a big knife, you know. Yeah. You, it'd, it'd be like a crocodile Dundee type, uh, yeah, type situation. Cook the demon. Um, Cook whatever animal <laughs> it presents itself in, or human. <laughs> we'll create some new ritual around it to dispel it. Our own version of cleaning. <laughs> right. An outdoor barbecue. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's just a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> uh gosh. The next really brutal moment. Um I think I think it probably is a good idea for us to just step through the brutal moments of this film because yeah. I think they're like the main story beats. Um and with each of them, you know, the the narrative is sort of hung off these uh these story beats. Mm. Um you know they appear as like these inevitable sort of milestones in the story uh the next one is uh the girl and the dog yep um 
which is a perfect moment of it's what I was talking about earlier where you know we can anticipate what's going to happen yeah you're right we see this big hunkering dog that seems really friendly and dopey but is like this I don't know like a bulldog or like a boxer breed it's like a big like scary looking dog yeah a little tank uh, and this yeah and this innocent little girl just like dancing around it and you know like hugging it and uh, mm. oh we just know that something is going to go wrong with this dog yeah because this goes back to the scene where you know the brothers go to the older brother's uh you know ex-wife's ex-wife's house and uh, her partner and um, the kid is actually uh, not his kid, but it's one of the mm -hmm. children that's part of the household. And, you know, the two sons, uh, his children there. And obviously the demon made its way into possessing another animal in the form of the dog. Yes. So. Through, I suppose, sniffing and... Uh, oh, his uh, clothes, that's right. Rubbing its nose in his clothes. Yeah. yeah that, he's, that he's stripped he's off. He's left his clothes on the ground there. Uh, yeah that's right and you know we're thinking surely surely ragnar isn't going to uh make this dog attack this girl surely that yeah. would be that would be the obvious choice you know it's gonna uh, happen but you, you know, don't think it's gonna happen yeah <laughs> you're right yeah or well, surely we won't see it happen but no we see it. Oh. <laughs> we see it in full force yeah um ah oh, man it's horrible and girl. yeah and, and then the dog runs off runs out of the house and down the street and down the road and disappears and you know so starts this manhunt for this dog and uh there's a brilliant line um uh from the the older brother you know where he's talking to to the partner um of his ex-wife Mm -hmm. uh, who's come back into the house and has gotten his rifle because um, mm. apparently everyone has guns yeah um, that's kind of surprising it's, it's, it's... <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how it is and, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's um, but uh, he, he tells his ex-wife's partner like uh, you're not going to find a dog you'll find a demon mm. uh, Ah, and it's such a it sounds so good in in uh in in spanish like it's it's amazing mm. uh such a good line and um yeah that's so cool yeah he does find the dog and <laughs> yeah as they're running through the streets and he's trying to scream like whatever you do don't shoot it <laughs> once again yeah but obviously and he rounds a corner and he sees him yeah shooting this dog the daughter's father is obviously once again extremely scared and extremely emotional which takes over yeah. the logic part of the brain where they know that they probably shouldn't do this thing mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. like you said humans are flawed they're impulsive we're emotional we're gonna do it yep yeah that's right it's um and the girl turns out turns out she's fine yeah she's uh, somehow fine <laughs> <laughs> like how <laughs> she had her face dragged by a dog down the street 
Right, yeah, and we sh shook around a, a whole, whole bunch. It was uh, like a toy. Yeah, it was very clearly lights out for her. Yeah. Um, but it, it sort of plays into this idea that's, that's threaded throughout is that the demons play off your fears. Mm. Um, and so, you know, having, having the fear that something would happen to your daughter will then cause the demon to to make it appear that something has happened or, um, or you know, to actually do something uh, to hurt your daughter. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, oh, yeah. horrible. And Absolutely horrible. <laughs> I said when that shot rings out and then I suppose the demon is released once again and it possesses her father, right, who did the shooting. Right. Yes. And... Um, yes. Oh, I forget the scene. Maybe you remember. But then when um, they arrive back at the family house, I think the father and yep. the little girl do. And the little girl is saying something really terrifying to the mother, was it? Yeah. So what happens, the 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 main character, like the, the older brother, his name's Pedro. Pedro. He gets back to, he gets back to the house. Oh, yeah. And he sees that the little girl is fine and she's being hugged by, yeah. by the mother out the front of the house. And, oh, yes, my daughter's, my daughter's back. Mm. Oh, she, look, she's fine. She's, so she's happy. fine. And the, yeah, and the daughter says, dad's going to kill you. Mm. Um, he's going to hit he, And she's like, what? And she's like, he's going to hit you with the car. Yeah. And bang. And then it happens. You're going to be dead. And then it happens like almost immediately. <laughs> uh, there's something really special about that prophecy as well. I don't know if you picked it up. Um, I only really picked it up because I've watched this film now multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, but Jade, my wife, was like really quick to pick this up oh. um, last night when we we're, when were watching it. And that was that because the mother doesn't die there she gets possessed and mm. then shows up later on in the story she actually gets hit by the younger brother um uh, jimmy with his car oh. when he's trying to trying to catch up to her because she's stolen one of the children and um oh later in the movie yeah right yeah, yeah. yeah. so that, that's how her story arc ends and mm. you know she she goes up onto the windshield and she like she like when she gets hit and so her head's like sticking back into the car and she says to jimmy oh you told me that you loved me and that brings the prophecy like in a full arc that tells us that jimmy the younger brother has um is the father of this, this this young girl yeah and was uh you know cheating betraying his brother his older brother yeah um by like sleeping with his wife yeah and it's like again, again like we're showing it we're not told it we're mm. like 
we we have to put together that that story element yeah it's implied from what, we're, what we're seeing what we're being shown yeah yeah it's brilliant another piece of the cake another piece of the puzzle i love that about the movie yeah yeah now that you say it's it, so satisfying i remember that moment but it, like you said they didn't focus on it too much so it just kind of moved on it just gave you that as a piece of the law yep. that was cool yeah i got it if i can take away from the story for a moment just to add a comment about jimmy sure. yeah i like this actor a lot obviously i've never seen him in anything yeah but <laughs> he looks exactly like a youtuber i remember that i used to watch back in the day he did like fitness videos or something which was really uh -huh. startling for me but he's got the most powerful mustache and he's got these yes. very expressive <laughs> eyebrows. So every scene he's like, <laughs> as he's driving in the car. <laughs> and it looks so good. Yeah, he, just, he looks angry like all the time or like he's deep in contemplative thought. It's amazing. I love- He's got a very expressive face. I love his expressions. He's, and he's always listening to his brother and like taking care of whatever he needs to take care of. And I guess that's probably out of guilt after we find that aspect about the cheating. Mm. But he's always just hyper focused mm -hmm. and like super serious and his eyebrows are furrowed and he looks cool and he's got a little beret type of thing on and stuff like that <laughs> yeah 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 i just love that no, about he's him. a very very cool character yeah <laughs> so, i just remember he's always standing like hands on hips as well like listening to like the different characters that they meet across the way and he's just like very i mean mm. you gotta see his eyebrows mm. they're powerful they convey a message <laughs> It's worth watching just for him, I think. Yeah, yeah. he's a whole story on his own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to add that in there. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you for doing that. It was definitely my second favorite aspect of the movie after the world building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going back to like brutal moments through the film, there isn't really all that much to say more just that there are more and the practical effects are amazing and it's done really well it feels weird to say that like the practical effects and gore is done like really, really tastefully but i really feel like it is it's not it's it's done to shock you but it's not like a cheap shock or it's not oh mm. uh, we're going to show you something really horrible it's not like in saw I feel no hate to, you know, to the Saw fanatics. Uh, <laughs> we did get in a little bit of trouble for our Saw episode. <laughs> we love you, Saw people. But uh, <laughs> we love you, Saw people. But, you know, it's not like done in like a gore porn kind of way. It's uh, uh, Yeah, it has an aesthetic. That's how I'd say it. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. has a distinct aesthetic. It's very artistic. Yeah. Gritty, um, gritty and artistic. It's and for the sake of the story as well, it's very yeah, very in place and shocking as well. Yeah. Like very shocking. Yeah, real disgust factor to the, you know, pussy, horrible, rotten scenes and stuff like that. And I didn't realize they were mm -hmm. practical effects either. I don't think I realized that because they did the job so well. It seemed really polished, you know, even though it was yep. disgusting and pussy and things like that. Yeah. It was really well done and yep. really well polished. Even like very subtle things like apple sorbet mixing with, uh, mixing with blood and hair, you know, oh. it's like a very like gross 
uh, I can't even really describe it because it's like that's an aesthetic mm. <laughs> that's, um, that's a very, very distinct uh, look and feel I think I blocked that out of my mind because I know what you mean with the apple sorbet uh, but I don't remember the combination yeah <laughs> towards the end uh, uh, again you know being shown and not told yep. uh, which it always feels like this is that's the the key limitation that Ragnar put on himself uh, for this movie yeah. was to not tell anything and just show but we're showing the the older son of of Pedro's two sons. Mm. He's choking, and so Pedro's pulling out whatever's oh. whatever he's choking on, mm-hmm. while he's eating ice cream. And uh, you know, on the ground, we're seeing you know, a, like bloody vomit and and hair, apple sorbet that's dropped onto the ground mm. uh, in the kerfuffle. And it's all mixing together and then we see the necklace of the uh of the grandmother um uh, in amongst it and you know the implication is that he's eaten um he's eaten his grandmother oh. off screen at some point <laughs> snuck <laughs> that in there somehow amongst the ice cream snacks <laughs> right it's you know but I feel like any other film would have shown us that uh, would have shown yeah. us him eating her or, or anything like that but we're not we're not showing that at all we're just left to contemplate what we're seeing yeah as if we're as if we're Pedro in the in that scene you know yeah you're along for yeah. the ride I like that about it and I gotta emphasize people listening to this episode if this if you're into really scary horror movies if you're into really good stories and you know this is not your classic triple a blockbuster horror film this is a foreign film but it's done incredibly well executed incredibly well by a really good director who had a clear vision like this Mm. has got to be on the top of your list for movie releases horror movie releases in 2023 to watch i can't recommend it enough yeah yep that's right it's narratively amazing the the execution of every element is top tier yeah. it's it's a really really good movie i feel i feel um, like just I, a few th- I feel like i had to say that just because when we're talking about it there's so much that we're trying to talk about and there is so much to talk about it's hard to do it justice in my mind you have to see the visual journey as well but we'll do our best yeah it's almost like we're we're pulling on just mere threads of this rich tapestry that that is like so intricately woven that there's no way that we can describe it and and do it any justice it's yeah it's it's so much greater um it's a must-see. yeah <laughs> just a couple more things i wanted to uh to talk about and get your yeah. um get your take on so something throughout the film um that's played on is uh the idea of you know the juxtaposition of children you know being innocent and children being evil um (laughs) and um, 
there's a great line by uh, Martia uh, who is introduced as a, uh, a character sort of later in the film she's a a retired cleaner mm. um, finally meet a cleaner and they're retired right <laughs> and they're retired um, and yeah she's moved out rurally to sort of escape the uh you know the horrors that she's seen throughout her life mm. um but she delivers this great line um when it turns out that the demon has set up shop in, in a school mm -hmm. um and she's like oh yeah evil likes kids yeah and kids like evil yeah i love that quote <laughs> i remember that exactly <laughs> i thought yeah yeah that's true as soon yeah, as i, I heard can it. see it <laughs> my children are the devil yeah i always joke about like because um in my psychology degree you know uh <laughs> you know you you learn about like early stage development and um and you learn that kids develop like a sense of of others and of morality like surprisingly late in life yeah um like late in their development uh, and it's always stuck with me you know this idea that that kids you know are almost like when they're when they're really young they're almost operating uh um they're operating with just this like heightened sense of self mm. and like what they need and forgetting about everyone else or like not even being able to conceive that and so their morality is like you know what do i need right now what do i like what do i feel about this or oh i've got this toy and they took it away i'm like it's the end of the world yeah um, my feelings are the ones that matter i'm upset right yeah yeah <laughs> i remember learning that in high school as well that they're egocentric i think that was the word they're egocentric for mm. a very long time as children mm. <laughs> yeah and it's so this idea that you know evil um you know this this evil being this demon can make them rally together and can mm. uh you know can make them serve this this other um you know beyond their their personal needs and um and you know their their egocentric view of the world um is just so frightening uh and compelling because you know you're seeing towards the end of the movie you're seeing like a group of kids not even the, that larger group of kids yeah. but they're acting in ways that kids don't act um and it's so jarring yeah they're you know really one of them i remember was really manipulative in a really intelligent way like you could tell it seemed yeah. so genuine but you could tell at a certain point that they're being possessed and being made to tell these lies yep. yeah yep yeah and it, despite all that it's still jarring to to see like pedro because he's you know at the end of his tether at this point his own child has been kidnapped uh by the demon possessing his ex-wife and you know he's he just wants all of this to be over and he's mm. so afraid and you know we see him act in such a and a moral way you know he starts 
uh, slapping yeah. this girl. Uh, and it's so difficult to watch despite knowing that, oh, she's not a little girl. She's, um, she's actually this, this demon or, you know, this, this, she's serving this, uh, demonic power. Mm. It's still, this film plays really well off the like innocence of, of children juxtaposed against this, uh, yeah horrible demon <laughs> yeah pedro is so exhausted at that point you can see how he gets to that point of just being like damn you damn with all the games i don't care if you're a demon or you're a child like i need answers now kind of thing <laughs> dish, dish. yeah it's like oh my god yeah. yeah he just wants it all to be done and away with and this i'm just thinking this now but it, it's kind of like a hive mind like a demon hive mind Yep. seems to communicate across yep. all these entities and people that it's possessing yeah very strange very cool it's i i think like again like the idea of like the demonic plague or you know demonic infestation it's it's like yeah it yeah, it plays possession as a disease i think is uh is the feeling of it yeah it's and yeah i remember there was one scene another one of those hard to watch just hard to it was yeah i i get through movies pretty well and this scene in particular i think it was less brutal than some of the others but just what was implied was very brutal to me and um mm, it was it was in that same act where uh -huh. um i forget the character's name but the retired cleaner she's helping pedro in the i think it's in the church martia martha martia martia yeah yeah and she's helping him in this old church or an old school or something to try and mm -hmm. figure out mm -hmm. where the demon is to try to you know clean it to try to end all this mm -hmm. try to get the child back and like we said there's kids walking around in these little white robes and they're possessed and they're lying to mm -hmm. pedro and stuff but they're sort of staying out the way and she's just like don't talk to them ignore them like do what I tell you to do. She's like giving him instructions, pull up the floorboards and stuff like yep. that. Yeah. And then he needs to leave the room. I can't remember what he needs to leave the room for, but it's the little girl is being like, Oh, you need to pull up the floorboards. There's an ax yeah. in the staff room. Like there's a fire ax. Mm, um, she convinces like, him. That, that'll be better than the hammer. Like go get it. And Marsh is like, don't listen no, to her don't she's trying to she's trying to trick you yeah but he's so tired and exhausted and he's like i've got something i need to do and Axe is going to help me i'll be back in a sec you know i imagine yeah. that's what his brain process is he isn't saying that and so he just does it he just caves in even though he's not supposed to listen to her and you know as soon as he leaves that room the children are going to stop standing in the corner and they're going to go for marcia who's like the biggest threat because she actually knows what to do and yeah, as yep. soon as he leaves the yep. room, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was mobbed by a bunch of or, kids. Or not immediately, but she's... Yeah, uh, not quite. She's being pulled away by her hair, uh, dragged across the ground. And there's one girl with the hammer... Yeah. Just hitting her as she's being dragged away, like yeah. hitting her head. God. Oh. Yeah, that whole scene was rough for me. Just the whole thing of the children just patiently waiting, like 
you know, hyenas stalking their prey that they're not strong enough to catch. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. And then they just got yep. the right moment. And they even move out of the way to let him through. Like, yeah, please. When when he has to go and get her gear from the car. It's it's evil. Yeah. It's evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a big moment for me. Yes. Yeah. Um, the the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, so there's this theme throughout uh, throughout the film about like governments or like government organizations not stepping in and helping the people or you know the the bureaucracy of the of like the police department and uh, you know trying to defer responsibility to uh, the public health organization mm. and 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 all of that i was reading some articles about sort of what inspired the film and um ragnar was talking about how uh like agricultural pesticides were being used in an un unregulated way like in in all this rural farmland in in argentina yeah. and how these long-term health effects were you know people children getting cancer you know working working on these fields and people needlessly dying or you know having terrible quality of life because they were being exposed to these like highly damaging chemicals and mm. it was just very unregulated and that was what inspired this film there's like the the the, the bureaucratic mm. sort of like red tape and departments sort of fumbling the ball and you know not really being able to help people who need help because x y and z has to be done uh because that's that's policy and yeah you know that's that's what we need to do and while we can't help you we'll pass it on to this department i remember the words yeah. being used early on were like oh they said they'll send someone like they'll send another cleaner and stuff like that it's like oh they yeah. said they'll do this yeah. they said they'll do that just yeah it's like, well, when when will that happen yeah it's like oh don't get angry with us like we've passed it on yeah. it's it's not with us anymore yeah it's out of it's, our hands <laughs> it's not our responsibility no. yeah yeah you can it's certainly see that really message. infuriating mm. yeah it's a, a really interesting way to to get that message into the movie as well you can certainly see the parallels between you know the way that the demon spreads and stuff like that Mm -hmm. plague-like effects mm -hmm. yeah and the rural areas you can certainly see it a, a tragic connection but definitely uh definitely a strong one mm. uh and like a good message overall i think safety regulations yeah on the on the public particularly that's, in rural right. populations <laughs> it's certainly important and even in australia yeah. in different ways we can relate to that we need more regulations on certain things to help protect rural populations as we can imagine yeah. ourselves yeah so yeah that's uh, that's where the where the idea for the film came nice came from and that's yeah so the takeaways of the movie uh -huh. number one powerful eyebrows of demian mm -hmm. two mm -hmm. positive message about the failings of certain government agencies three mm -hmm. <laughs> This is how you tell a story. Amazing way to tell a story into world build. And four. Yes. Disgusting, but very aesthetic and very well made. Five, one of the top movies, horror movies released this year. You got to see it.
what a what a summary. That's my five. What a that's my five points. <laughs> <laughs> the five rules for when evil lurks. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, it was almost like gremlin-like. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with the with with the rules. They don't like um, water, except harder to remember. Them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't feed them after midnight. Yeah, um, but yeah, when evil lurks, uh, evil it's available lurks. on Shutter, um, Shutter, the horror movie streaming service. Give it a watch if that's something you're into. Um, Highly recommend. That's been when evil lurks. Can't say it enough. Got to watch this movie. We both watched it. I'm gonna watch it again. Because I've only watched it once. I've watched it twice now. Nice. And uh, I was really surprised Jade wanted to watch it. Now she's made a rule that we can't watch any Apocalypse movies. Oh, no. Uh, apocalypse so... Nightmares. <laughs> yeah, we watched two yesterday. So yeah. um, I think we've got it out of our system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for a good Apocalypse but, movie, yeah. an amazing horror movie... You can't go past when evil lurks out now on shutter yes absolutely well that is where we'll wrap up this episode um mm. because we've got to run away and uh film our next episode yes. as well uh, we're gonna record another few so days right after this that's right so yeah we've we've been it lives on tape you've been lovely uh and yeah we'll we'll see you on the next one yeah thanks for listening thanks for watching see you later bye